Ladies and gentlemen, it's a Big Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. today because he had uh he had the gall he fooled around and fell in love in october i think is what it was yeah fooled around and fell. he um you know so he you know he had time with family and all that good stuff congratulations to him for being loved um over on this side of uh you know i guess love i mean i was loved too um we watched the north texas mean green take on the louisiana tech Bulldogs. And uh good news, North Texas won. Uh if you know you might have seen it, right? You know, forty seven twenty seven was the final. Uh hopefully you were at the game in ninety two degree heat and not watching on ESPN plus like I was because ESPN plus uh brought out the worst broadcast again. You know, the replays are delayed, the uh commentary is generic, and uh, you know, it was all just kind of uh unworthy of uh north texas in 2022 i think but you know it is what it is right if if we care more about north texas and we're selling out the stadium people are going to want to make money they'll put uh you know better broadcast directors up there so it is ultimately our own fault that said 47 27 was the final 475 yards rushing 400 again for you don't know you don't know right so you got the ball at the one at the zero yard line really and you sprinted with the ball, 100 yards, right? Touch the other end zone, the front of it. Turn around, ran back, right? Down and back twice will give you 400 yards. And then you turn around and ran 75 yards as you keeled over at the 25. And that would be the number of yards that North Texas gained on the ground in this game. Now, that's you, you just doing it by yourself, right? Louisiana Tech was presumably trying to stop it. They got, you know, well-trained dudes, you know, guys that lift weights, you know. They can run pretty fast. Trying to stop it. And they got coaches. They pay those guys money, cash money, to think up ways to make it not work. And guess what? They failed. 475 yards was the the, the total. Um, so I, I told somebody, right? I told somebody I'm not going to reveal names. I don't want to get in way. Whatever. Um, but I was like, I opened up the Twitter DMs. And I was like, hey, look. I was looking at this film. And uh, I was watching Louisiana Tech the Bulldogs, the football and dogs. And, uh, you know, I saw them against uh, South Alabama. South Alabama runs a lot of what we do. Um, they have Major Applewhite being, uh, as their coordinator. They do a little bit of the, the veer and shoot like we do, right? And a lot of same sets, a lot of two tight end looks, you know, a lot of same stuff. And they were gashing them, right? And that was with, and I, we didn't know that 52 grubs, uh, and everybody likes to tell the same stories, like he went from four string. The first string, one of the best in the conference. Cool. You weren't there today. Um, and that was evident, right? Because, you know, there was nobody tackling. The, the four leading tacklers were, was it number seven, Cole? Number four, Williamson? Um, uh, one of the other DB guys? And then another DB. Uh, you'll notice none of those guys are in the front seven, right? Um, or front six, really. None of the four linemen, uh, none of the two linebackers. Non-good, right? 
Um, so anyway, back to what I was saying. I I, I DM'd and I was like, I I think y'all can get 350 yards rushing. Now, 350 yards rushing is a lot of yards rushing. Against FAU, is 300, right? It felt like we were running the ball pretty well. 300 yards rushing is a day. Um, you might remember, speaking of UTSA, right? They're, they're next up. We'll talk about them. In fact, I think what we're going to do is on Monday, we're going to record another podcast. It's just solely devoted to the UTSA game. Uh, so this one's going to be all Louisiana Tech. I'll mix in some UTSA thoughts right now as I have them because the, the Twitter conversation is already heating up. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Louisiana Tech in this one. We'll do the UTSA preview podcast on Monday, and that's with Aldo, hopefully. Right? Um, all right, so back to what I was saying. Uh, 435 yards, right? It's, it's a lot. 340 yards. Right? I was talking about UTSA. It was how much we ran against UTSA back in uh, November of last year, right? Uh, as North Texas was completing the five-game uh, Conference USA win streak. They have not lost since then. Three this year, five last year to end the season, eight-game win streak. It's the most since like the Sun Belt days when they won like 23 straight or something like that. Uh, what's the takeaway here? Um, we thought they could run. I was looking out on the film, and I'm just a guy, right? I'm just a guy. You know, I watch a lot of football in my life, and I, and I care enough about it to know some things. But uh, surely, uh, Blesh, uh, um, Seth Luttrell, uh, running backs coach Patrick Cobbs, they saw the same things or similar things, and they were like, oh, we're going to be able to run against them. We're going to do it, and it's going to be great. Um, all right, sorry. Completed a transaction right now. Um, all right, so then, so we have that, right? It's good stuff. 475 yards, and here's the thing, right? Let's recap. Let's recap on, uh, you know, what we said. Like, if you've listened to the entire season, this volume of Mean Green Nation podcastery, uh, you'll know that we have been critical of Seth Luttrell, right? Like, there's a lot of uh, fourth and ones, third and ones against UNLV. We dove it into the line, right? And, uh, you know, for it's okay if you don't football expert and whatever like that. You see him, you're like, why did they just run into the line? That seems dumb. They don't have nothing. You're right, right? Uh, it's fine to be, you know, uh, bold and challenge your guys and say, we're just going to knock them off the ball. We don't need anything uh, super clever because we're tougher and stronger. We can better execute. Sure, that's true, except if it's not true, right? If, it, if you can't do that, then what have you got? You have uh, a momentum-shifting third and one, fourth and one, whatever the case may be, right? So what we said is, like, do something different. Now, the obvious knee-jerk reaction is to, well, pass the ball. Okay, well, you don't necessarily want to throw it. Maybe they see that coming. And how do you pass the ball, right? If you line up with five wides, they're going to be like, I think they're going to pass the ball, guys. Um, so they're going to be ready for that too, right? And maybe your pass game is not as good as your run game, right? Obviously, they, North Texas has believed in their run game all season. They've expected something like this production all season. So you can see why they, they were confident in it and called it again and again. I think what we've seen that's different uh, in the FAU game and what's been different in this game is creativity in the run game. That's what I was asking for, right? Let's let's get creative. Uh, let's do something different. If they know, you know, that we want to run, that's one thing. But there's where do you run, right? Like what what location? There's uh, three gaps on each side of the center, right? A, B, and C. Um, who's going to do the running? Is it going to be, I mean, if you bring out your biggest, strongest running back and say, all right, I'm ready to run, you're like, I think they're going to give it to that guy, and they're going to try to run, you know, right through us. Let's be ready for that. So I, I think the thing that North Texas has done is mix that kind of play calling up. 
we got a fourth and two with Ani in this one, where he uh, he did a little QB counter. Like Ani has, he has some wheels. I mean, he's not Kalon Horton out here. He's not Jamori Macklin. He's not going to win a foot race. Although I'd like to see the foot race. I'd like to see everybody line up and see who can be. You know, that would be fun. Um, but Ani's not going to do that. But he can get two yards, right? And that's what he did. He got he moved. You have an extra blocker because of the quarterback is running. That means the running back can go be a blocker, right? That's one of the things about um, uh, having the QB in there. You play, I think Seth and Chuck called 11 on 11 football, right? That's that's the, like the first football play. Like, all right, I'm going to get it. Everybody else block for me, and I'll run it, right? So you do something like that, you create advantages, right? It's partly why um, North Texas likes to go with the little wild eagle, little wildcat formation where they direct snap to, to Ragsdale, and he runs up the middle. You get better blocking advantages. It throws everybody off. Um, and then it puts more pressure on their guys to beat their uh, to beat their blocker, right? So, anyways, it's advantageous for the offense. What uh, what we saw in this one is some of that here and there, right? We saw uh, North Texas be clever with their run game stuff. Like Kalon Horton on sweeps had ninety seven yards, including the sixty six yard touchdown. Like when it was like time to seal it, I had imme- tweeted immediately before it happened. I was like, let's. Let's go on a five-minute drive. Let's run the ball. Let's pad the run stats. We don't. We can. You know. Let's not throw. Mostly, I was saying let's not throw the ball. Right. We don't need to throw it. And um, well, you know, we we tossed it to. Well, we handed it to Horton on a on a little sweep. He turns it up because he's great in space. He's already had a, a kickoff return for a score. And um, you know, he he danced around him like they're not even there. They're like in high school. Touchdown, North Texas. Go Mean Green. Cannon sound scares everybody. Fight song time. That. Is great. Um, when you can bring dynamism to the one aspect of the game, right? I said this on a previous show, previous episode, that, you know, Navy, Army and Navy run the ball 50, 60, 70 times a game. And uh, it's, it's not 70 times. They run the ball 50 times a game. And it's hard to stop. Why is it hard to stop? Well, because they, they, they change up the way they run. They don't just do dives into the line 50 times. It's a dive, and when you're like, you know what, let me step up and try to stop that one, it's a fake, and then a quarterback keeper, or a quarterback fake keep, and then he, he tosses it out, a little triple option, right? It's dynamic, it changes, they change your blocking scheme, so you can't just identify one way to stop it, and that's what North Texas needs, especially if we're going to run the ball as much as we do. Now, North Texas runs essentially uh, a single back offense, right? You know, there, there's a couple tight ends out there, but they do like some wing stuff, and if you go look at some old single wing type things, you can maybe see what they're doing. But uh, I, I just want to call out the the uh, the line the linemen. They did a great job. So I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up something while I'm talking. The offensive line, right? We don't give them enough uh, name recognition, so we're gonna do that right now. Uh, Cole Brown, Gabe Blair, Manasse Mose, uh, Fabici and Waiwu, Jet Duncan, balling out. All those dudes were winning the battles. Uh, I was just watching. I was telling uh, my wife, I was like, again, like, you see this right here? Look at this. I had a pause and replay. She's like, uh-huh, I see. Um, you can see the, the the push, right? I was like, look, I put, like, my pen right there. I was like, just an easy way to tell whether or not we are going to win this game, right, <laughs> or the run game is dominating, is when the ball is snapped, if it goes left or right, you know? And then when we snap the ball, five North Texas linemen, moved forward and for uh Louisiana Tech defensive lineman moved backwards, right? That 
that gives you a push. Like I think it was uh, Oscar Attaway on that particular run. So he's running that two yards that's already his, and he has momentum. Everything after that was him. Uh, I think he got four yards on the play, so a two-yard gain for him, right? But the first uh, part of that was the lineman, just the easy push. It was like goal line situation. Good stuff. Um, let me read you some numbers real quick. 671 total yards, 196 pass yards, 475 rush yards, a program record, beating one that was set twice, once in 1952 at Fouts, and once again against uh, Middle Tennessee in 2011. I think that was the uh, um, Lance Dunbar game when he ran for 300-something yards by himself. 26 first downs, 5 of 12 on third down. That's not ideal. I didn't love that, but we were 3 of 3 on fourth down. Uh, 9.9 yards per play, 10.1 yards per rush. Think about that. We run in, Every time we run the ball, it's 10 yards. Why are we doing any other plays? Because those are only getting 9.9. Uh, they're bringing the average down. Uh, Ani, 11 of 20. 196 yards. Like last week, he, he had a better completion percentage. I think this one was 55%. Last week, it was like 70% or whatever it was. That was more ideal, Austin Ani, than this one, right? Uh, he did throw an interception. I don't know that he was as crisp in this one, but he did toss two touchdowns. One, he's pretty much good for one beautiful toss to, to um, uh, uh, Jair Shorter per game. And I, I love that because... Jerry Shorter's, I think it was like 31 of his like 50 catches have gone for touchdowns. 31%, I think, is what it, uh, is, what it is. Um, he only catches touchdowns. He's like that dude from Tennessee who caught five touchdowns and six, six receptions. Uh, one catch, one touchdown for Shorter. Um, room for improvement, right? Note, where can we improve? Uh, let's get him the ball a few more times. There's like a few guys that are candidates for getting the ball more. Shorter's one. Let's get him the ball three or four times a game. Um, and uh, Kalen Horton, he needs the ball a little bit more, maybe in the run game, maybe a little screen. Although I like right now, it's, it's super effective. You get 100 yards and a score uh, on the little sweeps and stuff, we can do that. I think he felt like he could have got a couple more to the house. I think there's a few guys on the squad that were, like, punching the ground, like, oh, it was just, like, one step away. I could have taken it to the house. Um, but as it was, Ayo Adeji, seven carries, 122 yards, one score. Long of 92, how about that one? Oscar Attaway the third, 16 carries, 113 yards, one score long of 32. Horton, three for 96, one TD long of 66. Isaiah Johnson, he did some um, he did some good things. 13 carries, 77 yards, didn't score. They tried to give him the ball later. Long of 28. Um, and then uh, Akaika Ragsdale, seven carries, 62 yards, one score and a long of 42. Uh, he did some wild eagle stuff. A lot of good there. I like that. That's getting getting your playmakers the ball, right? We have four or five playmakers in the run game, right? One, two, three, four running backs, and then the one receiver slash running back slash whatever you want to call Kalon Horton, right? Playmaker, right? Game changer. That's what you call him. Uh, hey, hey, hey Kalon, what, what position you play? I play game changer position. That's what I play. I play break the game open position. Um, so get the, that's five dudes, right? So it, it stands to reason that like Tommy Bush – uh, Damon Ward, uh, uh, Rod Burns, some of those other guys are not going to get the ball a ton, and that's fine, right? Winning the game, somebody's going to have to shine. They're doing some dirty work out there blocking. Uh, when it comes time to call their number, they stepped up and made some catches. I think Damon Ward Jr. made a great catch along the sideline, a little curl route to get a first down. Uh, obviously, Jair Shorter is stretching the defense. They're making making the run game more effective when you have the threat of taking the top off the defense, right? That's that's key. Uh, you know, like 
you got somebody has to do dirty work in football and all team sports. This is the beauty about it, right? Is that you know you make you make you sprint hard down the field, getting open, even though you're not going to get the ball. Sometimes you're doing that just so the next guy can get the ball, and it's a beautiful thing, right? You know, like when it's all working, everybody's feeling good. Little shared sacrifice there, it's great. Um, and that's why you know people get wistful about sports and get a little teary eyed. It's like I love this game; taught me so much. It's that kind of stuff, right? You you see it, you've done it, you see the success in something as small and, and insignificant as football, and you're like, you know, this could probably apply to uh, like real life, you know, like society and stuff like that. Anyway, so uh, good stuff by them. I liked that Chorter is. That was another thing we saw on a tape on a stream. Right, was that uh, I don't know that 22 could keep with anybody. He was having a hard time staying with uh, with South Alabama dudes. He was having a hard time staying with uh, some UTEP's guys. I was like, I think uh, I think uh, he's gonna have some trouble with Jair Shorter. And so it was, and so it came to pass. Uh, North Texas <laughs> uh, handled some business there. Shorter got a long touchdown. Uh, there was wind, but I saw that uh, Ani kind of put it a little too inside on that 51 yard score. And then a little bit later, right before the half, Ani put a little bit too inside uh, on that pass. And if if he puts it a little bit more outside, I think that's a score instead of an interception. But whatever, you know, like I think a friend of the show, Greg, was like, yeah, there was some wind there. You know, sure. Fair enough. Um, That's the game. You got to play in the elements. You know what I mean? Whatever. Uh, North Texas um, wasn't hurt by that one. I wasn't super mad about it. It's fine. I thought that's that's the kind of interception I'm, I'm happier to throw. Because it has such small consequences. Really, what happened is that North Texas forwent a score, right? And it was they're not going to kick a field goal anyway because the kicker got suspended. Also, what is a kicker and a starting linebacker doing that they're getting suspended for the first half? I don't know. Um, yeah, so you're not going to really kick a field goal there. They had already went for uh, went for it a couple times. I thought that was good ultimately because it kept them aggressive. Um, and so you throw it up there, you gave your guy a shot, and it was just slightly bad ball placement. Interception in the end zone, there was 14 seconds left. Not a big deal, right? You get the ball, start the second half, it was fine. It was a, a, a consequence-free mistake, right? Uh, it messes with their numbers a little bit, but you know, it's fine. It's whatever. You can live with that. Let me see. Let me look at something else. Um, all right, so game plan. I said run the ball. I said something else. Right? Limit the out routes, triangle reads, because that's where Ani gets into trouble. And I think you saw a little bit of that. North Texas looking for, like, on third downs, we were looking for, like, Jake Roberts uh, and some other dudes. And uh, that's where it got a little iffy, right? That's where, like, say, um, Ani was throwing the ball into coverage. Uh, guys are getting hit. It was a little, you know, the ball's kind of bouncing around and went off. I don't like those, right? I don't like the little triangle reads. It's typically what you want to give your quarterback, but say Austin on is not super great at those, right? He's not shown that, you know, you give him a triangle read and uh, he's going to just execute and it's fine. He will pick you apart if you just give it to him, right? Not necessarily the case. What he's good at is throwing a deep ball, one-on-one coverage. He can do that. Let's do that more. Let's create more situations that way. And then easy little curl stuff. Uh... Some of those are kind of be iffy. Yeah, I think he threw an interception on one of those against Memphis. But uh, he was good in this one. A little quick stuff, boom, there he is. He's open, put the ball on him. It's done, right? It's like throwing a third base, I guess. Uh, throwing a first base, I mean, from third. 
Uh, and then he he hit a couple dudes. Uh, I already mentioned the uh, Damon Ward uh, little curl route, get a first down. Those are good. Let's do that. We can do that. Ani can do that. And it, and I think the other part was that uh, Ani had he only threw twenty times. I've been talking about keeping him on a pitch count a ton, right? And I, I felt like that it's good, right? So one sixty rating, two touchdowns, one interception, one hundred ninety six yards. Those are Relatively pedestrian numbers for 2022, right? When guys regular, regularly throw for 350 and up and whatever like that. But that's good for us because uh, the run game was dominating. You throw for 200 yards while, you're, while your run game is getting 400 plus, you're having a great day, right? And we're not asking them to throw beyond that. And that's good. One thing means the other, right? If we are only throwing 20 times for Ani, uh, it probably means we're dominating in the run game. Like we don't need to throw. Um, it could be that down you know, they're limiting us and he just never had the ball and something like that. But more likely it means that we're doing well. So let's not throw the ball a ton. Game plan successful. A plus plus plus. It's like uh, um, a Christmas story. A plus 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 plus. Um, yeah, I said keep it simple. Save the clever for the jet sweeps, wild eagles, and the like. And they did that, right? They Instead of spending some time thinking of uh, some clever uh, uh, pass plays, they said, let's keep up, uh, let's let's figure out some sweeps and stuff like that. Well, they also, you know, did the other thing, too. I liked that little shift to the Wild Eagle, hand off to Ani, fake the, the sweep, throw the pass, touchdown to Gums. Um, that's, that's, that's great. I love that stuff. That's good stuff. Um, you can tell a team is confident if they're willing to run that stuff, right? They're not like, no, we, we're not doing any of that until, we're, until we execute on our base offense. Uh, everybody's feeling good. It keeps it interesting. And every time they su- they're successful doing something like that, it means we can keep doing other things, right? Uh, I think, speaking for Aldo a little bit, um, uh, after that that terrible Wild Eagle situation against SMU, uh, he was like, look, just run the ball. Just just kick it. Just what, what, I don't know what you're doing right here. Let's do something else. I get that. And I think there is a little bit of a ramp up. We we mentioned this. I think sometimes the shell can be too aggressive to, at the wrong time. Um, but I don't know. Whatever the case is, it's working right now. So we criticized them when it wasn't working. So we can praise them, the staff, Seth Shell specifically because he's the head coach, when it is working. This is two straight wins in conference, right? Three overall in conference, but back to back games in conference play, getting a win, and that's good stuff. Right against teams we that they should beat or should be in the competition or in the range for beating. I think they were three point underdogs against FAU, but that's basically a push. They were six point faves, six and a half point favorites against uh, Louisiana Tech, and they blew them out. They you know they blew them, beat them by twenty. Um, I like that. Right, <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, they're gonna be underdogs on the road, uh, in San Antonio, right, and right. Fully so, right? But North Texas has beat this team before, and I just want to highlight again. I don't want to get too much into the into the UTSA preview, but I just want to highlight something, right? In that game, right, North Texas was sort of figuring out themselves. It was a culmination of five uh, weeks of of improvement and getting ugly wins. I think that Rice game was an ugly win. I was at that game. I was at the UTSA game. There was a lot of uh, stuff where they're just kind of figuring out what they're going to be because the the wide receivers are not there. And, you know, just figuring out what what kind of team we're going to be. North Texas won that game against, you know, UTSA last year in November, 45 to 23. 
they won against FAU this year, last week, 45, uh, was it 25, right? And they won this past week, yesterday, against Louisiana Tech, 47-27. And I think the the dominant story, right, uh, against UTSA, North Texas run game 340 yards. Against FAU, North Texas run game 300 yards. Against uh, uh, Louisiana Tech, North Texas run game 475 yards, right? Uh, and then, you, you know, you got a couple turnovers here. I think the, the main thing is that... Uh, the run game. We, we we have a we have a blueprint for what North Texas does when they win in Conference USA. What does it look like? Well, dominate the run game, dominate you know time possession, uh, eliminate their will to win. I think the other part about that is that all those games were in Denton, right in in Apogee, um, and uh, that that UTSA game specifically was very cold and wet. But we know what it's like, right? Uh, Asanani, he's not going to be the star of the show, and that's fine. We don't need him to throw 59 times. We don't need him to break any records, uh, any of Mason Fine's records. What we need him to do is throw touchdown passes to Shorter, to uh, f- get first downs to Gum, uh, to Gums and to Roberts, uh, make plays, execute the offense when he needs to, right? But hand the ball off and let them, you know, let them work, let them do. Let them make, uh, and uh, that's it, right? So when you think about what's, your, what's the game plan against uh, against UTSA, it's that. Dominate the, the line of scrimmage. Run the ball. Uh, defensively, we'll talk about this. Louisiana Tech, uh, very talented. They are very good. Um, you know, there's you look at the, the yards there. I didn't, I didn't write them down, uh, but I have them written down. I didn't write them down in the post. But it's like this. Uh, Louisiana Tech, they came in with a couple dudes that are very good. Smoke Harris has been there for 75 years. And uh, what am I looking at? Halftime stats. When we dominated, yeah. They, they they had a big second half. They found some things. They looked at the way North Texas was defending them, and they, they adjusted. I wrote pregame. I was like, look, they like to get Smoke Harris in little swing routes, you know, get him moving. That changes the way your defense is looking. Like, typically a guy in motion changes your rules, right? Because you, your your defense covers a lot of times, right? Just like generically speaking, um, inside to out, right? So like you get him, you get him, and then I'm the cornerback. I'll be the the outside most threat, right? So if you get a guy in motion that changes the rules, everybody kind of shifts over a little bit. So maybe you have a matchup you like, right? You're like, okay, I'll, I'm gonna guard this receiver. He's good. They got Smoke Harris running on the outside of him. You're like, okay, let me shift out. I'll get Smoke, and then the inside receiver has a little bit of advantage, right? You know, he gets a little slam around. They, they do stuff like that. They're very air-raidy in that they run a lot of same plays, but they do them very well, and they make you defend them quickly. So you're thinking fast, but this is routine to them, right? So they execute, execute, execute. They did a good job of that, and you can see why Sonny Cumbie um, is, you know, got to the position he's in. He's offensive coordinator at TCU. Um, it's a lot of air-raid stuff, but with, like, some modern air-raid stuff, some little wrinkles that they do now. A lot of stuff is good, right? Uh, Smoke Harris had 10 catches, 156 yards. Those are good, but he didn't score touchdowns. That's good. Uh, he did catch a long one against us, but shout out to Logan Wilson, number 13, for chasing him down. That's good hustle. We like to see that. You get beat, don't get beat after you get beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> keep running, keep competing. He did. He brought him down. I think Tech ultimately scored on that one, but, uh, you know, not on that play. I think there's a little bit of difference there. Gave, gave his team a chance, and that's what we want. Give your team a chance to win. Um, okay, what else? What else happened? 
Um, Rod Brown got a couple sacks. A lot of guys were doing very well uh, defensively. North Texas was bringing a lot of pressure um, uh, last week. I think they thought in Cozy Perry, you know, couldn't really handle that pressure. And I think that they didn't necessarily like the matchups. Like, if we bring pressure, we got Smoke Harris against uh, our guy. I don't know about that. Like, Ridge Tejada did a great job. He was a captain in this game. It was crazy. Um, he did a great job uh, last week, you know, making plays when he needed to. He struggled a bit in coverage, right, like in zone coverage. And, you know, you're looking at the tape again. You can see that he had that miracle dive play, right, where he, he – um, Perry threw it over the top of him, but then he sprints and makes a play, gets one hand on it. Well, the reason he had to make a spectacular play is because he was spectacularly wrong. He was <laughs> playing the flat, and he should have been playing the deep third, and so he had to sprint and get back there, right? So there's that. Um, and then the start, first series against FAU, he was bailing, and he was supposed to be close. You see Quinn Whitlock pointed to him like, you're supposed to be over here, dude. Anyway, um, I think... Everybody saw that on tape, and they were looking for that those things. North Texas did a great job being where they're supposed to be. They dropped eight in coverage a ton, and they're getting pressure with the front three. Like when it when it works, you get a coverage sack, right? But I think we have seen instances previously. If you watch a lot of football, you can see where that doesn't it doesn't work all the time. That uh, you know, theoretically, dropping eight in coverage means there's nobody to throw to, and so then it gives your three man rush time to get there. But sometimes your three-man rush is not good, and it doesn't matter. So the guy has all day to throw, and he can pick you apart. Sometimes you have a quarterback that can just deal, and he's like, look, you can drop eight, but I can fit it to any window. It doesn't matter, right? It's still easy for me. Um, their dude, uh, Parker McNeil, is not quite that kind of guy, so that didn't quite work. He did find some time. He did get open. He, he, he you, know, you can tell he's good. He put it uh, behind the defense a couple times. I think he found, uh, was it Trey Harris once? Uh, whatever. I expected, you know, I was mentally ready for North Texas to allow some big plays. Like, yeah, sure, you want to say, let's not do that. Let's limit those big plays. But I don't think North Texas is at the point where they can change the way the other offense plays so much, right? A lot of it is just like, let's not get beat and find some wins here and there, right? Let's not let them get more than their average, right? Um, and, you know, full, saying that, full credit to them, Tech uh, averages 30 a game. We held them to 27. That's, that's it. That's, that's fine. That, that's okay. That's winnable. You can win with that. That's what we're looking for. Uh, the next step for this defense would be, you know, holding teams to under their average, limiting what they want to do, that kind of thing. But secondary is young and injured. And Rich Shahada is getting better. He's talented, but he's not quite there yet. Logan Wilson was balling out. I think there was a couple dudes, like 99, that the broadcast was saying that Phil Bennett really likes, but he's a freshman. Um, I, I remember when Katie Davis was a freshman, there, North Texas is very good. You could see it. You could see all the all the talent there, but he would make mistakes, and North Texas was struggling a little bit, and Trey Ref would end up getting fired. But you can see, like, Katie Davis is good. Uh, I think the Murphy, was it the Murphy Twins at the time? But at least Katie Davis was, was good. Uh, there was a couple other dudes that were, you know, showing their talent. They were just young. Now Davis is flying around, making all kinds of tackles. 19 on the day, 11 solo. Amazing. Um, he was good. Mason Richards was good. Uh, Rod Brown, good. Uh, he was getting sacks from the nose tackle position, just crushing the interior of the offensive line, making Parker McNeil uncomfortable. Sack time. You know, that's good. Uh, one thing that I would like to have seen that we didn't see was McNeil getting happy feet 
and throw an interception. And I want some of that might have been a game plan. I don't I didn't remember at the time. A lot of pressure being brought uh, against them. I think North Texas was happy to just stay in coverage and sit back. And that's fine. I can see the game plan there, right? The overall game plan. Like, let's make them drive down the field. Um, and, you know, we're going to score some touchdowns against them because we don't think that they can stop our run game. And we think they, they can't hang with our receivers. So we're going to be up. And then we'll just make them, you know, go up and down the field slowly. And we'll win that battle. I think that if that was the game plan, it was executed perfectly. I would have liked to see them grab an interception, a turnover or something. I think uh, it was Amazing Richards that forced a fumble on a sack, a little sack fumble. So sort of, it was not a turnover, but he, he forced a fumble. Good stuff there. right? I gave him a B- minus on it, and these are arbitrarily assigned based on my own pri- proprietary rating of me making it up on the spot. Uh, B- minus in that, you know, they moved, they got 500 yards. Uh, the dude threw for 400 yards, uh, and then one guy caught 10 passes. Like It's not necessarily ideal, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I like it. Good stuff there. Uh, what else am I talking about? Looking at any notes that I have. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. So Louisiana Tech, they have given us trouble. And it's kind of weird. You know, like I knew it, but I didn't know it. And I looked at the, <laughs> I looked at the the you know the, the history of the, the these two right, and I remember it being a lot closer. And then and I was like, they they're up thirteen to seven in the series, and they've won, um, was it seven of nine in the conference? Like, what are we doing? And then it all makes sense. Like we beat them when we're good, we're there. I think the one we dropped where we were better than than them and had them beat was the famous one, twenty eighteen. When uh, you know Lauren Easley got injured and we couldn't really run the ball anymore, but we were up twenty-one, nothing or whatever it was in the first quarter, and then that second quarter we didn't touch the ball. We had the ball like twice, right, or something like that. I remember t- talking to Seth Luttrell in the press conference about it, and he was like, "Yeah, that was it. Threw them off a of rhythm, but they turned it up in that fourth quarter. They got set up for field in, into field goal range, and then Amik Robertson blocked the kick, and that was it. It was sold out crowd." And that was a pivot point for North Texas football in a lot of ways. So they haven't been as good. The enthusiasm has not been as high as that at that point in time. And it's understandable. We, you know, like since then they've unimpressed. They haven't been good enough in conference to warrant that kind of attention. Um, they're on their way to building it back right now. I say if you beat uh, UTSA, get the inside track before an own conference, and then you, you know, you uh, basically. Mean that you you just got to beat you got to beat a lot of good teams right you got to beat uh, uh, Western at Western and that's a sort of a, another close the book exercise some demon, demons in Conference USA by doing so uh, and then you get UAB same thing uh, UAB at UAB a lot of these games where you're taking on tough opponents in tough locations if you do that you deserve to win a conference title you know what I mean uh, I think. I think it's possible, right? The Conference USA is not so good that nobody that the very top teams are are invulnerable, and we talked about this before, right? Uh, preseason, and I think still now it goes U, uh, U, uh, UTSA and UAB, the two best teams, just like in terms of everything, right? And like, do you have the talent? Do you have the coaching staff? Do you have the depth? Do you have a history of winning, right? Those two teams. 
Um, I thought one of the best games uh, I saw in person last year, just overall Conference USA, was uh, UAB at UTSA, essentially a playoff game to go to the to host a title game. Uh, and UAB just executed well. They were hitting Shropshire. You know, they, they executed the game plan. They were running through and around UTSA, and UTSA pulled out a very gutsy win. They have a lot of talent. Uh, their quarterback, Frank Harris, who was recruited uh, to North Texas, chose UTSA. Uh, he was very, very good. He uh, got he got first downs when he needed to. He, he threw the ball where it w- got the final drive. Right, it was him leading the 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 the, the touchdown, getting drive to win the game. Um, and then, you know, the Western game. Bailey Zappi was incredible. I was I covered that conference championship game too. Um, he was incredible. Uh, Western Kentucky is just explosive, very talented. They had no defense, though, but they they got some clutch stops when they needed to and then gave themselves a chance, right? So that's why I have Western in that top three or four, like second tier there because I, I think they're a little imperfect. Uh, and we've seen them play UTSA already, Western, um, in, in San Antonio. That was a good game, but similar things where they couldn't stop UTSA. I don't know if they're complete. I don't know if they can stop anybody. Uh, but they have a good quarterback, and that quarterback can deal, and he stands tall. He's like, he won like Division Two title. He can stand tall and make the plays. Uh, they have talent, a lot of wide receivers that can just, you know, run by you, like Daywood Davis, and uh, uh, I forget the other guy's name. Has an M in his name. Um, so those are on deck for us, right? Top three, basically, right? I'm I'm looking at preseason. I said. UTSA, UAB, Western, and then that fourth tier, I'm like, I don't know, FAU, maybe Louisiana Tech somewhere in there because they have talent. I like Nkozi Perry. Uh, I always think Louisiana Tech has a lot of talent, and they do, like Smoke Harris. Uh, you got the quarterback, Parker McNeil. He's, he's talented. They got a lot of dudes in there, and sort of depending on how the season goes, you can see them up there, right? So what does that mean? What does it mean that North Texas beat FAU and um Louisiana Tech. Well, it means that we're in North Texas, sort of in that that second tier, right? Fourth best. We said, if they end up there just above those guys, I will not be upset, right? Because that's about playing to average, right? Playing a part there. Um, I don't think that North Texas is just better, you know, man for man, staff to staff, the whole thing against UTSA. They won a conference title game last season, right? They they won there in the championship. North Texas didn't. And we were very flawed, but we were good. We were good on the day. When they played us, we beat them, right? They couldn't handle the cold, and that, that means something. So we can play with them, but, you know, the you play the season, the, you earn the championship, the rules are the rules. We did not win a championship last season. We didn't earn the right to play in a championship game, and we didn't play, uh, and we didn't win it. They did. Uh, same thing for for UAB, uh, just a history of winning, right? A lot of guys on that squad, a lot of coaches over there that have won conference titles. As far as I remember, nobody in North Texas has even competed in a championship game. Only Seth Luttrell, and I think that's it, right, has coached for a championship game with North Texas. So there's not a pedigree there, right? You don't have a history of it. It's fine. We can earn that this time. Um, and so, yeah, right, Western. Last year, a lot of those dudes played in the conference title game. They won the East Division. They're good. They know how to win. Um. That's what's in front. If you can beat those teams, you deserve it. If North Texas, right, I feel already they sort of established themselves as better than like a UTEP, which I think is terrible, um, better than an FIU. Um, you know, just a quick note, 
UTSA played FIU at FIU and won 30 to 10. I feel like, you know, like Western Kentucky played West, uh, FIU and won 73 nothing, right? FIU plays a lot of freshmen. You know, I don't know what all that means, but it means something. I think, do we have, we have FIU, right? I'm questioning myself. Let me look at it again. Yeah. We got UTSA, Western Kentucky into October. We'll just focus on that right now. If you win these two games by, you know, uh, right or might or theft, whatever, you win those two games, you have the insidiest sidetrack to to host to being in the conference title game uh, and definitely hosting it, right? There's two things I would like that you're still in the conference because it's there is to win the outright regular season title. You know, that is in play. Number two is to play in the conference championship game. You do the one, then you'd get the second. But it's possible that you finish second and still earn the right to be in the title game. Um, if you beat UTSA, which I think is a contender, you beat Western Kentucky, um, they're a contender, then you have the inside track. Western already has a loss. You would give UTSA a loss, so, you know, you're in there. FIU's terrible. You you beat them in Denton. You run for 550 yards against them. Just close it out. Don't get crazy. At UAB, a chance to exercise some de- demons in protective stadium. Right, close it out. That's a team that's beat you um, and took taking care of business and, and stole some games for you and, and uh, hurt your quarterback and that kind of stuff. That's a chance to get a one over on them, right? Uh, and then finally you got Rice, which is good now. They they lost to FAU 17-14 to 14, uh, this week. Rice is good. Beating them would be an accomplishment. All right, so all that totaled up, what do we say? Very beatable. If you can beat FAU, if you can beat Louisiana Tech at home, you definitely can beat FIU, and you definitely can beat Rice. UTSA, Western, UAB, those are tough games. We always know those are tough games, but I like that they're on the schedule. There's no, there will be no question right, for ourselves, for themselves, whether or not North Texas deserved anything. There will be no like, oh, you know, it could have been if we had a chance to play. No, no, we got it. Not only was it a game, but it's a game at their place, right? Not only is it not a chance, but it's a chance with them having the better team. Um, you know, not only is it, um, you know, an opportunity, but it's all, it's one table, right? It's one, one, um, one standing sheet. It's, there's no, there's no weirdness where it's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, but, you know, it was the East Division, we we're concerned, whatever, right? There's only one division. Right, it's it. You win it, you win it. That's what it's about right now. I like that. And with this run game, what they have right here, I am super excited about that. I I think that gives them a great chance, a great shot. Um, you know, like North Texas is not they're not um, you know, tricking people into allowing yards, you know, like they have this weird offense, it's like three card money out there. They're not doing any of that. A lot of their runs are inside zone, split zone, um, little uh, dart play, little tackle pulls, a guard play, a power play. These are, we're going to line up and, and run at you plays, right? What happens is that teams start sneaking up. You saw number four, number seven. You go back and watch it. They start sneaking up. They do a little safety blitz in the, in the A gap. And then North Texas says, okay, well, instead of handing the ball off, I'm going to throw it up to Jair Shorter, and he's going to score a touchdown. Right, you keep them honest that way. So then you're like, okay, well, 
how do I defend these dudes? Maybe we'll just do some run blitzes. Maybe we'll just change it. And then they do a little uh, little toss to, to Jalen Horton, and he runs around the end and scores a touchdown. And you're like, okay, well, let's go back to base defense. Maybe we just do. And then, you know, uh, Oscar Attaway runs through you, runs through your arm tackles, and gets eight yards. That's what's been happening in essence, right? Um, other teams are good. You know, they have a lot of talent. I think UTSA's defensive line is better. But I saw somewhere that Pro Football Focus has them as, like, the worst tackling team in the nation, right? A lot of arm tackles, this kind of stuff. Um, they're vulnerable to the run game. And, you know, they can, they're going to have a lot of want to. And you remember when they beat us, we're going to make it with all that kind of stuff. But North Texas is feeling good. And all they got to do is line up and do what they've been doing. You can run through them, right? Uh, it, it can be done. Um I think the the danger next week is whether or not North Texas will be thinking we got to score with UTSA, right? Like so far, the the game plan in the last two games has been North Texas gets up, holds the lead, you know, and uh, like we got up twenty one to three or twenty one seven against FAU. Um, we got up uh, uh, pretty big in this one, and then they proceeded to make a little comeback in North Texas. But you're playing from the front, right? You're playing from a lead. That's different than playing from behind. I think it's very possible that North Texas is going to have them to play for behind next week. And that changes up the calculus. That's, that comes to coaching again, right? Like, can you keep your guys calm? You can say, hey, stay calm. But can you convince them? Will they believe you? Will they execute that? That's different. Um, but it's a good problem to have. I feel good about it. I, uh, you know, Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it down to San Antonio. That was my original plan. Um, you know, too much stuff happening uh, in real life, work, in school. Uh, you know, for the kids and stuff. So it's not going to happen. I'm going to be watching with you uh, on online. Uh, for those of you making the trip to San Antonio, uh, good luck. Have fun. Sing the fight song on the Riverwalk after we win because that will be a good time. Uh, I know a couple of you have ordered some of the T-shirts from the day. I printed up last year. I have a couple of those left. I also have a couple. Uh, I think I have to actually find them. I know I have them. I don't know where they are and what sizes they are. Of the what was it the miracle at Apogee the the drive from uh, Mason Fine to uh, um, Rico Bussy for the uh, for the touchdown to win the game uh, against UTSA I have that one somewhere um, you know I think if if you sign up for Mingri Nation like there's a membership you get a little discount on some of these things when we do them uh, I will break that out and look I'm happy to print up another shirt that says I don't know something stupid. Remember the Alamo or something, Alamo Dome or something? We'll figure it out. But let's do that. It's fun. Uh, already, the the uh, the conversation on Twitter is, is heating up. I think because UTSA fans, they, they play Friday, right? UTSA did. So they're ready on Saturday. And they're like, all right, UTS, North Texas hate week. You can tell they're mad. Uh, one of them got mad at me for speaking Spanish. I got to tell my mom about that. Lo siento, mamá. Um... And what else? What else we got? Uh, I think that's basically it. Look, I feel good about it, right? We get to talk a little mess. UTSA hate week this week. Um, I think the most guttiest gut punch I had was in 2013, getting beat that way. I'm glad we could return the favor. That was great about last season. And that's why I flew down and make it, I made it proud. I was like, I got to fly down. We worked it out. I can't fly down this time. But I would love to go back to San Antonio. Yeah, I'm, yours truly is from San Antonio's. Uh Go back there and win, and then, you know, uh, do some gloating amongst all my friends, especially the ones who went to UTSA. 
Uh, fun fact, let me tell my, one of my favorite UTSA stories. That is my friend, but I still like to tell him, and I tell him this all the time. I make, uh, I tell the embarrassing story. It was for the conference championship game, uh, the conference championship, the conference tournament, sorry, for basketball. And I knew he was, he lived up, he had just moved up to Dallas. So I was there, and I was like, yeah, dude, you should come out uh, and, you know, support your UTSA basketball squad, you know, come out, we'll hang out, we'll get some dinner, it'd be a good time. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. So I was at the UTSA game, you know, if you've seen the conference tournament, you know, they played like two games at once for at least a little bit. There's a little overlap. And I'm like, man, there's nobody over here at this game, this UTSA game. Uh, I don't see you in the stands. Where are you, dude? And he was like, oh, I'm right here. This is a great game. I was like, great game? This is a blowout. What are you talking about? I was like, are you are you at the other game? And he was like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah, they're playing uh, this blue team. I was like, UTSA is playing UTEP. They're not playing... Um, Middle Tennessee. So I walked over to the other side. He was at he was at the Southern Miss game, watching them play, and he was uh, excited <laughs> about it. He's like, "Yeah, we're real good now." Like, That's Southern Miss, dude. He's like, "Really?" But they got a bird head and whatever. I was like, uh, "Do you not know what your mascot looks like?" <laughs> uh, and then he was real sad about it. He was. It was a good time. Um, so that's my my UTSA story. So I mean, consider that when you're reading some of these people uh, talking mess, that they might not they might not be able to pick their their program out of a lineup. Um, but yeah, that's a good time. Uh, UTSA is more vulnerable this season. They still have talent. Their wide receiving crew is very good. But I mean, I think in a lot of ways, I'd look at Louisiana Tech's wide receiving crew and say they're dangerous or just as dangerous. I thought FAU had a couple dangerous dudes. Uh, you know, one guy we did shut down was number five, Griffin Bear. He's good. He didn't really do anything. He didn't nothing, basically. Uh, I think uh, UTSA has, like, uh, Cardenas. Uh, he's maybe a trouble, but they got Zachary Franklin, uh, the Corian Clark, uh, and uh, the Cephas kid. All good guys. All can make a play, like, meaning that they can they have an expanded catch radius. They're also very good um, at executing. They can find some things. And... We've seen improvement from our secondary, but do not be surprised if we allow some things. Like we can be okay with it because we know they're improving. It's not just the same old mistakes. It's just, you know, a different mistakes as they're trying to correct the first one, right? But I see a lot of them getting better, so I'll just note that. And then uh, the making plays. They're making some plays out there, like sort of making up for their mistakes, and I like that a ton. Uh, anyway, I think we're coming to the end of this. If you want... Like a shirt, there's a limited selection. I've updated the inventory for the Tory Shrug shirt. Um, you know, I'm gonna give a little slice of this, whatever is left, to DeAndre Tory. I think I still have his Cash App, um, and then we should be good there. Uh, in case you're wondering, uh, uh, you know, still, I mean, the the NIL agreement has since passed. The guys, you know, he's not a student athlete anymore, but we'll still we'll still figure it out. Um, and th yeah, that's basically it. I, I think I'm out of things. I read, have my notes here. Here are the notes. Um, I'm excited. Monday, we'll do more UTSA discussion. Uh, we'll probably do that informed by a little game tape, and it will be good. All good. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, you know what? Let me, let me see something. I did. There was some. There was some questions. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, 
I'm reading it uh, right here. Yeah. He <laughs> uh, said on the podcast that they would run the game. Can you discuss, analyze the running game, blocking scheme, playing calling? Yeah. So, all right. We, we talked a little bit about that. I almost forgot about this. We talked a little bit about this. Shout out to Fidel Lozano uh, for asking the question on the Twitters. So, yeah, again, a lot of what Nortex is doing is pretty straightforward, right? They do um, it was sort of like the veer and shoot and, like, run games in, like, a single back system are kind of limited, right? You don't, have a, you don't have a full back out there. So what a lot of teams have done is either pull linemen, right, uh, and, or, or have, like, inserts, like H-backs in there to kind of do what, in effect, would be a fullback's job, right? And, you know, a lot of this is a game, a game within a game, to find leverage at the point of attack, right? You want your running back to run free, and they're sort of lined up in all the gaps. They have somebody there, right, either a lineman or a linebacker or maybe a safety offering run support. Everybody's responsible for an area. And so you're saying, okay, well, where can we win? Either have our guy dislocate that dude or um, gain an advantage where we're clearly going to win, right? And then we know that there's going to be like a cutback lane. We know they're, how they're going to move to cover the spot, right? Just sort of, in a way, trick them, right? So you say, all right, let's pull a couple linemen on a power play. And so then you're saying, we're, gonna, we're not running to the backside. We're going to leave those guys. We'll have both of these dudes uh, uh, pull and run over this way. So now we have five blockers to your three guys, and now you're overwhelmed, and then our running back runs free or something. Uh, you have like an inside zone, outside zone. Inside zone is where you're just kind of stepping a little bit. You're sort of blocking some scoop blocks in there where you're trying to gain leverage in a specific gap. An outside zone, usually you're trying to get their team moving, and so you can cut back against them, right? And typically, it's like you pick a point uh, on the field. It's either like the tackle or the tight end or somewhere. A lot of teams teach it a little bit differently, and they have variations on it. But the uh, running back is sprinting that way and cutting up. We don't do a whole lot of outside zone stuff, uh, not anymore. We used to have Jeff Wilson do a lot of that, and he was very successful. Um, a lot of our stuff is like inside zone, um, some wedge block in here and there, but then there's a lot of uh, uh, like dart plays where you have like the tackle pulling, right? Uh, and then you'll see like split zone where the like the tight end or the H back, like our, you know, we have like a double tight end set, right? They usually line up to one side. And what we'll do is have either uh, both receivers over there, like doubled up on that side, twins that way, or you know they'll be spread one to either side. And we typically, like, overload the tight ends to one side. So it would be two tight ends to one side and then two receivers on that side or two receivers on the opposite side or one right receiver on either side of the, the line of the ball. Um, a lot of the same things. One, it's simple for us because, you know, those are easy places to stand. We kind of know where we're going to be. But it's difficult for them because, you know, they're like, all right, how do we guard this? What do we talk about this week? Where do we, where do we stand? What's the way to do it? And then we play off them, right? We know if they're guarding it a certain way, we, we do this, that, and the other, right? So that's our advantage. Nortex has been great, just simple, simply just blocking things, right? Very good. And, uh, like, just straight one-on-one -on -one man blocking, especially in the inside zone stuff. They're very good at pulling. Cole Brown is running out there. Uh, we pull our center sometimes, which is difficult because you have to snap the ball, turn, and run. Very good at doing that. Um, our... our Tight ends have been great, too. Um, like I said, inserting, finding blocks. You don't see them get beat a lot. You know, like the they're finding contact, they're finding uh, a jersey, and they're hitting them, and they're staying on them. 
you don't see a whole lot of holding either. I think one of the holding calls against this was was very iffy. Um, and so that's good. That's just all basic technique stuff, knowing what you need to do, and then being able to do more than just the basic stuff, right? We can pull more and call those plays where they're doing some of that stuff because our guys can move. They're able to get out and run, get to the place, and, and hit the hole and get a block. Um, and then our tight ends are able to do that. And because they're able to block and be effective there, we can use them in the pass game, right? That's why Varkis Gums can sneak out for a little wide receiver screen here and there because people are concerned that he's going to block them, right? So if you think a guy's going to block you, you're trying to avoid him, which is also, by the way, that's why coaches teach you to engage the block so that way you're not, you know, getting beat by these kinds of things. But it's very difficult, especially if your rules tell you to go this way or that way. And anyway, um, what's happening is that teams are reacting a certain way to the play. Varkis Gums is, like, acting like he's going to block. He'll turn around. He's wide open, and he's only moved three feet. Uh, uh, Ani finds him, and he turns up the field and runs for a game. That's why it's effective, because they're being able to block, right? It, it, one thing leads to another. If you can do a lot of things from a base look, then you're much more effective, right? You can go faster because you don't need to do a lot of subbing, and two, you can, you know, disguise a lot of things because everything is effective, right? Um... It, it's uh, it's, it's sort of like the equivalent, like like if you're boxing and you don't need to wind up to throw a uh, 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 power punch, right? If you can just deliver power, a little right cross without without uh, 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 doing a tell, without you know, uh, letting them know you're gonna hit them with your right cross, then you know it's much more effective because it looks like it's gonna be a jab and then you hit them with the right cross. Came out of nowhere, much more effective. So that's where it's great. Uh, some other things I think they do, uh, you know, I said like a lot of the, they're adding more motion and so you get motion, but then they don't do anything. Right? It's like wide receiver just sort of giving you the, the defense's look, but then they just run from that. So then the next time they do a motion, they, you know, they'll hand it off right to Kalon Horton. So then the next time they'll, they'll, they'll play off of that and they'll move Kalon Horton and you're like, okay, he's going to get the ball. And so you start trading that way to go, to go meet him in the in uh at the edge of the the line and then it turns out they handed it off up the middle. And so they've been adding some more of these kinds of things, right? Playing off of their own tendencies, doing some self scouting. I like that. That's all good. And that all adds up to the same thing. Yards. Um and then uh we would be remiss if we didn't credit fully the the running backs and shout out to Patrick Cobbs, uh the legend himself, uh coaching up these dudes. A lot of talent over there. Uh, they're competing with each other and making it difficult to say who should be getting more time. Anytime any of those dudes are out there, I know I'm not thinking, wow, we should have what's-his-face out there. Everybody is making a name for themselves and letting themselves, uh, uh, you know, help, helping their own cause and making, making the coach play them. That's what's happening right now. Um, uh, what, what else? Uh yeah, like Ayoa Deja, he, I think he fumbled last week, right? I, I was sort of joking, like, ah, yeah, he's probably not going to get too much playing time after this one. Um, well, you know, he's out there playing, and he was balling. Uh, I think one thing we maybe could ask for is a little bit more explosion, right, from the running back game, that I feel like they are about to hit a score, and then they don't. But a day he scored... Um, I don't know what it is all the time. I think sometimes they're 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 breaking tackles, they're getting to the second level, they're running, but 
I don't know. I'm not a running backs coach. I can't really give any tips on this one. Um, it seems like they're maybe missing a step to take it from a 15 to 20 yard gain. I think I listed through, through it here, right? It was like 28 yard gain, 32 yard gain was the longest. Where's that final missed tackle, forcing missed tackle? Where's that final one to turn it up from a 20, 30 yard gain to a touchdown? I don't know what it is, right? You know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I know. We'll see what Patrick Cobb says. But all those dudes have been great um, and awesome. And I think if you're an aspiring running back and you're like, you know, where can I go where I'm going to get tons of yards and they're going to, you know, hand me the ball, come to North Texas. <laughs> and <laughs> bonus points if you are an explosive running back. You know, you're like a, a Lance Dunbar, um, a, a Jeff Wilson, um, and you can <laughs> you can turn those gains into scores. That was one thing about those guys is that they could t- uh, uh, turn short gains into into touchdowns. So um, that that's about it. I think hopefully that answers the question. That's what I've seen. Uh, if you have uh, more insight, better insight, let me know. You can let us know at podcastingmingreenation.com. Uh, we appreciate the the good the, the messages. Um, you know, the, the, hey, love the podcast, that kind of stuff. We do appreciate that kind of thing. Uh, any feedback, good or bad, is appreciated and, uh, um, and uh, you know, listened to, absorbed. And I think that's it. I will sign off. We'll do the was it, happy fight song. Yes. Go Mean Green. <laughs>